Welcome to episode number 56. Seven. 56. Seven. 56. Okay. 56. <laughs> 56. It's like number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Are you 56. sure it's 56? 56. Yeah, it is 56. It's okay. 56. Uh, welcome to episode number 56 of Wedding Photographers Unite. I'm one of your hosts, Andy Buscemi. In good company with the mythical legend himself, Mr. Neil Urban. Neil, what's, what's up? That? How you doing? Good, man. We're here in the studio. <laughs> we are. Welcome and back. we're back. I'm, I've got too much energy today. Actually, yeah. I think I need to like step it down a notch here. <laughs> I'm balancing I, you out. I'm thanks. Just... <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. And we're back with uh, Lindsay Daddario, who was on our podcast a while back. Welcome back, Lindsay. Thanks for coming back on. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, I was. I like. I love it. Like I sent her a text. I was like, Lindsay, we're recording at one. You should stop by. And you did. You actually did. That's I didn't amazing. say yes. I just showed up. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I wasn't sure if you were going to or not. I wasn't not. sure either. We, we heard a little knock at the door. Was like, what's, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> I like, like to keep you guessing. I didn't, I didn't know how bad it was last time. <laughs> was like, but that was like a year and a half ago now or mm-hmm. something like that. So um, welcome back. It's yeah. good to have you back. Thanks. Um, and uh, so topics uh, today. Uh, we don't really know. We're gonna kind of. This is kind of like free form. Mm-hmm. And like, what are we gonna talk about today? I'm like, I don't know. What are we gonna talk about today? I think we'll figure it out at 12:55 before <laughs> we get there. Um, uh, but basically, uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna finish uh, kind of talking through uh, some of those questions that we had from the last episode, as well as get back into some branding that we were talking about with Lindsay uh, in the previous episodes. But before we do that, uh, let's uh, just get a quick update on how we've been. So, Neil, what's up, man? How are how are you doing? What's been going on lately? Uh, not much. How you doing? I'm good. Not much is good. Been well, going on with me. The, so this, this um, question, I'm kind of struggling yeah, a little <laughs> bit, which which I'm kind of excited why Lindsay is on because we got to talk about some things and I, I got to get motivated here with my new website. Okay, uh, I've been updated in t- since 2007, so we're going on my 10 year mark yep. and it's way overdue. And I think I feel my work has changed quite a bit since the last time I updated it because yep. I haven't thrown a new picture up there in quite in probably about two or three years. So it it just needs a new all. A whole new thing. Okay. That's... And, and, and plus, it's not even... I don't even think it's mobile-friendly, so that's not even good. So. Yeah, that's a problem, yeah, to say, especially. with Because uh-huh. I guess, like, like, when you look at the traffic, like, almost, like, more than 50% is mobile now. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, it's... I mean, uh, people are still checking out on the mobile devices. Yeah. It's just how well it's working. Right. I have no idea. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. So, okay. Um, yeah. Well, that's cool, because that's actually... Um, where I kind of am right now too, because I just I finally got out that year in review that I was talking about that I thought might be like yeah. next year or something like that. But that finally <laughs> happened, so now I'm at the point where actually I just submitted the stuff to the copyright office every year. Oh, okay. Jim Cavanaugh making Jim Cavanaugh proud uh-huh. um, every year. Like I, I take my top images and submit them to the copyright office. So I did that. Mm. So now, but next on the plate basically is my website stuff too, because now I need to make some decisions on like updating my portfolio, which I haven't done in a while, mm-hmm. and then. Um, um, asking the questions about what I actually do want to do to kind of update yeah. the website. So it looks like we, that might be the direction of uh, where we get going here in a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So good. Okay. Uh, Lindsay, in the last year and a half, <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, what, what, what's been going on recently, but what's, what's up? How are you doing? Anything? 
Um, I'm great. So like you guys, I have an outdated website that I've been talking about, you know, every off season, Uh this is going to get revamped. Um, I have been putting up a little bit of new work, um, working with the designer on, um, new logo, Mm -hmm. which it's not the first designer I've worked with. So, um, that's been a a process just to, is it a new designer that that you've worked with? I've worked with a few. Um, you know, I, I feel like we as creatives are really difficult to work with. So I feel, I feel guilty. Um, for like what I put these designers right through. Um, yeah, I <laughs> am being, being that, I'm being that to... guy. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it needs to say so much with in such a small, simple space. Yeah. So um, everything from the color to the type, all of that. Um, and, you know, if I knew what it, I wanted it to look like, I would have just made it by now, but mm-hmm. I don't. And so it just yeah. takes round after round of revisions and it just yeah. needs to feel right. So yeah. still working through that. I feel mm-hmm. like making good progress and just thinking about who I want to target and, you know, how I want to live my lifestyle and mm. That all has to somehow be represented mm-hmm. in my website, in the photos that I choose to post, all of that. So, yeah. you know, for example, I have maybe a uh, maybe I want to gear myself more towards the outdoorsy crowd, but I have these amazing ballroom photos. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a city that's rich with beautiful architecture. And so there's certain shots that I feel like I have to say goodbye to, even though I love them. Yeah, but is yeah. it, you know, my target client, would it appeal to them? Mm-hmm. So That's huge. Yeah. Like what photos we put up there on our website basically says who we want to attract more of. You know, so that, that's, that's huge. A lot of people, like, especially beginning photographers, do not get that at all, where it's yeah. just like a hodgepodge of stuff. Yeah. My portfolio used to be a hodgepodge of stuff. Yeah. Remember when I had, um, like, you sent me a... You <laughs> Dead lady? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lindsay, like, like, this is like like years ago. We um, had a heart to heart. Yeah. <laughs> she sent me a, a referral for this one bride. And, mm. like, I had this, like, awesome shoot. Like, it was at... Um, at the central terminal or whatever. Okay. And I was getting all artsy and like, and they were like this super awesome couple. They like, they eloped and I like, I had like hours with them and I thought I was like getting all creative. And cause, and so I like had the bride like with her hand behind her head, like looking back at the camera, like it almost looked, you know, like she was, she was laying yeah, on she, the floor of the train station. Yeah, she was laying on the <laughs> floor like of the train station. With like her eyes kind of rolled back yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah. And but I had the groom standing up behind her, kind of like, what's <laughs> like up? Like he murdered her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was on the home page of my it website. Was the opening I thought it was so photo. artistic. And I loved it. But then, but then Lindsay sent me a bride. And she's like, Andy, I sent you this bride. And this bride was like, no way am I hiring this guy. <laughs> she because wrote me because back, why, yeah. does she have, why does this dude have this dead bride on the home page? <laughs> and then I learned the hard way. All right, it's time to take the yeah. dead bride. Off I, I think website. I remember this image. Didn't you have a print of it in your old studio? Um, I think I remember it. I don't know. I, I, well, I've definitely unless, that unless you did that pose more than a couple yeah, times. I mean, I mean, it might have been that couple in a different okay. pose. It was a yeah. little bit more appropriate, but yeah. but yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the, the images we choose to put on our website really matter. Remember I had this conversation with like Iggy, like a couple of years ago when his, and his lo- and I can say this cause we've talked about this in whole now, but, but mm-hmm. like his website, like his logo was like a devil's tail. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, Flames who, stuff, who are right? you trying to attract with a devil's tail on your logo? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like you're going to get, you know, it's, it's not, you're not going to be able, you know, but, but all those little subtleties make a total difference. And, and people starting out do not get that. They don't understand that. Mm-hmm. You, I didn't understand that then when I had the dead bride on my website, you know, it's <laughs> like, but, but you kind of hone 
in the more that you go like what you want your style to be and so like what Lindsay, yeah. what you're saying like about getting rid of like beautiful shots like yeah. it's like but it's know. important mm-hmm. to experiment with those photos and take that photo of the dead bride because it helps you to hone in what you really do want to do like when people are starting out and they're saying oh i want to i have to find my style like your style will find you but yeah, it takes yeah. a lot of experience and you know we've all tried a bunch of different things over mm-hmm. the years that we love for a little while and then we evolve and change and there's nothing wrong with that you know yeah you know, whenever whenever I'm ready to take a, like one of my favorite images off a website, just because it's it's aged and you know it's a couple years old, I always get a bride that comes in and says, "Oh, I really love this one <laughs> of image," course. and of course it's that image right, yeah. that uh, it's like, "Oh, yeah. it looks like I just got to leave it up there." Then, yeah, you know, I always come across that too. And we are also attached to the stories behind the photos, yeah, yeah, so sometimes. Yeah. You know, the story we know doesn't necessarily translate yes. through the image as well. 100%. And for me, storytelling is a huge part of, of what I do. Mm-hmm. And so I have to take a close look at, you know, what are these images really saying? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so I guess uh, we'll get back into like the website stuff since that seems to be kind of a common uh, theme there. Uh, I've, I've basically heard that that every four years or so is like really kind of the time to do it, whether you think that it needs it or not. Like it pretty much is like about time to like update your website to kind of keep it current. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just did mine. I think the last revision I did, like I did one in like 2011 and then I did one in 2014. I was on it. I was on it. I was more on it than you guys <laughs> on the websites, but you guys are more on it with me than other things, you know, like we were talking about before with the sales and all that. But, but like, so, but I'm at, so I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, like, do I want to do this? But I, I'm going to keep going with what I have right now. But I need to do like a minor update, you know, in order to kind of update the portfolio and then, um, and then like kind of tweak like what I have on like the info page and and it's it's basically just like tweaks I think mm-hmm. at this point. But, mm-hmm. um, but and then there's that question like, when do I want to kind of like rebrand and all that and. You know, it, it, it does it does make a difference, you know, like in terms of like what your overall presentation is. I feel like one of the biggest things is like, too, is like, you know, what kind of branding you have really tell, informs your clients of like kind of like what to expect. Yeah. I mean, one thing to consider is that for the most part, we don't have uh, necessarily reoccurring clients. So keeping fresh content all the time isn't that vital. Like if you really feel like you've honed into a good place with what the work you have up, mm-hmm. like I don't think you should feel this overwhelming need to put all fresh stuff up there because a new bride hasn't seen your old it's stuff before. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, our industry has so many trends that change all the time and mm-hmm. some of those you might want to jump on and some of them you might hate and choose to ignore. But um, you know, it's important to keep up to date with that and really think about what you're saying mm-hmm. yeah. across the board. Like Make you said, sure you're about me page. Selective color images on my website right, right now since, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I went through this thing where I was like, uh, so uh, the Sam Hurd workshop, uh, you know, he came to mm-hmm. Rochester and did a, the workshop at my studio. And, you know, we we're talking about consistency of, you know, what your portfolio looks like and that kind of thing. And, uh, I, you know, I kind of like one of the one of the things that we taught we, we were talking about or got into is like split toning and having and how split toning can kind of help um, keep a consistent look, regardless of what style of mm-hmm. split toning you use. But, but that can kind of help you know, keep things consistent throughout like a wedding when you deliver a wedding because, mm-hmm. because there's a consistent, you know, percentage of warmth to each photo, you know, mm-hmm. and that looks consistent across the delivery of that wedding. 
Um, and that kind of like got me thinking about changing up my overall look a little bit because I've been high contrasty since I've started and I've kind of kept it that way. But they're, but but I don't, and that I guess is my consistency in how I present my work. But I feel like I could still keep that, but kind of like move a little bit into something else, you know. And I and I played well, with we it. We talked about this I Did think, we? last year or so that you were thinking about jumping on over and I told you not to yeah um, just because your high contrast work is beautiful yeah. and mm-hmm. that's kind of your style that's your yeah you know you're kind of known for that mm-hmm. so for you to steer away from that and do something that everybody else is doing yeah like I don't know um, yeah because when I, when I see one of your images on like on Facebook or or, or on Instagram I know it's yours without mm-hmm. even without even knowing seeing your your name right next to the image yep so do you yeah. want to stay away? I, I mean, stay away I, th- from I, th- that, I th- still think I want to keep the the high contrast look, but still do fade it out. Yeah, just a little bit. I don't know. And like, and I don't so, know. Everybody's it's, doing it. I know. It, you know. And I played with it on like my last wedding that I shot. On I shot I had a December thirtieth wedding, and it was just right after that workshop. And I played mm-hmm. with it. And I was like, man, this actually looks awesome in terms of like having it look consistent throughout the throughout the wedding that I'm delivering because. While my individual portfolio shots from a wedding like have that high contrast look, my overall wedding edit, um, you know, I, I try the best that I can to deliver that. But but there isn't as much consistency when I'm thinking about you know like 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 a wedding where somebody would go through and do that and, and lighten up the blacks a little bit or so that there's something that has like a common thread throughout it. And I'm thinking well, and like, when you're shooting a wedding, every location, you know, you might start out in this really bright white yeah. house you know mm-hmm. and then you move into a dimly lit candlelit church and then you know you go out into a forest to do portraits <laughs> and then you're in a brewery for the reception and you know it is really difficult to have a consistent look for just one single wedding let right. alone what you show in your portfolio right yeah so but i think that's the way to do it though is mm-hmm. still is still have a common setting of that's a like, way a way to do it <laughs> yeah 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 that is true that is yeah. true but yeah. it is it is a way that that, that i feel like i can even if it's like, you know, like, because when I edit, like, I think, like, I don't, I never like to do anything full out. I like to go like 20% or 30% or 40%. But if I do like a 15%, some kind of split toning that I consistently add to every image that I edit, I feel like that might help that a little bit, but still stay with my overall contrasty style. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. so I'm kind of at least thinking about that. But then I had the conversation where it's like, well, whose wedding do you start that on? <laughs> and, and if you, are delivering something that's not consistent with what they hired you on mm-hmm. is that weird yeah, you, you know like don't it. worry about it they don't know no, right? <laughs> yeah. to be able yes. to tell yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it's all about what you respond to so you know if we're gonna have longevity with these careers like we have to love the work that we're doing and that of course goes beyond toning how you tone your images um you know everything from the angles you shoot and the lenses you use like all of that changes over the years how involved you get how up close and personal you get what your relationships are with your clients all of that determines your style um but i don't think there's anything wrong with liking muted tones you know they're popular for a reason yeah right but and and Mm -hmm. that's what i was kind of thinking i was like oh this style actually is popular for a reason as much as i don't like it and it's not what you don't like it don't do it i'm sorry as much as (laughs) problems i'm sorry but the only reason that i don't like it is because it's popular now right i mean like like, that is literally that is literally the only reason that i don't like it you know so (laughs) so if it wasn't for that i would be i would totally do it i wouldn't even think twice about it but because it's popular right now i'm like oh this is popular for a reason it's that it because things look 
look consistent, you know, across a, a, a series of And, and I, would, you know? I would think about switching over if, if people aren't hiring you. Like, right. let's say if, you, if you're really struggling with booking weddings, right. then I would say maybe kind of tinker around with that right. because maybe that's what everybody's leaning towards. But since you don't have that a problem, right. then you might, you know, don't, uh, don't fix what's right. That's true. Broken. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Um, anything else? We might just get into the other topics here. But one thing I want to mention, actually, Lindsay, before, I, this is a thought that I had before. I was like, oh, what's Lindsay been up to lately since our last episode? This is like going back to the start of the show here. And I was going to say something, and then the topic went on. But I was like, but I, what I did want to mention to you is you've been posting like way more than you ever used to, like on Instagram and ah. on social media. Because there was like, you used to like not post like anything. I <laughs> 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 so you're posting now. I'm so, trying. Okay. I'm trying. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, for me, it was just, I think the last show we had, I mentioned that another photographer asked me if I was still shooting, and that was like the big wake-up call for me, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was shooting a ton, and that was just it, I was so busy, and I still have never blogged a full wedding, I just, mm-hmm. I've struggled to find the time to do it, um, and I want to do that, that sounds really fun, I just, <laughs> I haven't had the time, but I'm I'm trying to be more conscious of it while I'm editing. And if a photo jumps out at me, I'll just throw it. I'll just export it and throw it into a folder, like the for Instagram question mark folder. Mm -hmm. And that way, when I feel like, oh, I should post something, I have a little archive of photos that I can pull from. Um, So that's been really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, let's let's go down that road a little bit, because I I feel like myself, like I don't post a lot Mm -hmm. in... When is, when is too much? When is too little? What do, what do you guys feel about that? Because I, I feel like I should be posting more, but I yeah. don't. Mm. And I, I have a ton of work that I could show, but I just don't. Yeah. And it only takes, what, a couple seconds out of your day, to right. be honest? Yep. Uh, I don't know. I think I put a lot of thought into, like, too much thought into, you know, some stupid quote that I'm going to attach to the photo or feel a lot of pressure to tell a story and yeah. that sort of thing. Yep, yep. So sometimes I just think way too much into it and then I don't post mm-hmm. because it's just, oh, I have other things to uh, do today and then Seth think Godin, of the story. Ship. You ever, you ever read that article? No. Seth Godin, the guy with the yellow glasses, the Yahoo CEO, he's yeah. like kind of like an inspirational business guy or whatever, but mm-hmm. he has like this article called Ship. You can Google it or whatever, but he's basically like, you, nothing happens if you don't ship your product or if you don't do something or if you think about it too much. So he's just like, you just do it. There's always going to be haters. There's going to be people that like, sure. people that don't yeah. like. Yeah. Um, and the, po- the point is you have to ship, 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 ship. You just keep shipping. You keep going. You don't yeah. think about it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard because yeah. I do that too. I'm like, oh, should I? Because I have the thing where I'm like quality over quantity in mm-hmm. terms of like in terms of like how much I'm putting out. That's why I only do one blog post a year because <laughs> 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 quality over quantity. I would rather have it be like awesome and be like, well, where did this come from? Yeah. Than posting too much. So I. But if you post too little, then then people ask like, are you still shooting? You right, know what I mean? Right. Like, so, so there's a balance in there somewhere. And well, we do have where. the quantity of work. It doesn't have to always be, you know, that mountaintop sunset, like crazy photo. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. so many shots that we take during a day that are valuable in some right. way or personal stuff too. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I, a lot of people separate their, like their professional photography and then their personal Instagram, for example. I don't. Like, I have it all mixed together, but I think that for me, my brand is about me. Mm-hmm. That sounds 
a little selfish. No, but, for a lot of people. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I yeah, think, no. you know, for me, I want to have a relationship with my clients. Like, they are my friends. I'm there to help them, to serve them, whatever. And I want them to know what I'm all about in yeah. my day-to-day life because mm-hmm. I want us to drive well. And if they go to my Instagram and they say, oh, look, she was hiking at this national park. I love hiking in national parks. We should hire her. You know, I yeah. think that mm-hmm. all adds to your brand. Mm-hmm. For some people, it doesn't, and they separate it completely and I understand that too but Mm -hmm. um so for me that makes it a little easier because I can just pull stuff from my personal life too yeah but yeah and that's I agree with that totally because like I get a little weary even on Facebook my personal page I pretty much use it as like here's some photos and this is my personal life but anytime I do post anything that's personal life I think okay clients are going to see this so I I don't post a ton of photos of myself and I don't even post anything personal about myself yeah, I, I just think it's all business now. Right, you know, but that could be your brand my, too. Yeah, I like know. you're the mysterious guy that no one knows what he's really up it's true. to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, yeah, but it's Mystique. but but the point is, is that whatever whatever story we present online of ourselves that matters. You know, whether Absolutely. it's a, and it's a part of your brand, whether you want it to be or not. Um, and so you so how we handle that really kind of matters for mm-hmm. what we do um, in terms of you know, what we're putting out there about ourselves and what, you know, all that. So that's why I really do. And we can't get too personal either. I mean, sometimes you can, like you can get really deep and sentimental, but you also don't want like, oh, here's me at a bar. Cheers. You know, like too (laughs) much of that. People might be like, oh, she's not very professional. She's out drinking all the time. You know, whatever. (laughs) So you do have to be a little weary. A little cautious. Yeah. 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 Or not posting like, like, I'm not a selfie person at all, but if you posted a selfie of yourself like too much, be like, oh, well, this is, he's a vain dude. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is, so, so there's like, all of that matters in terms of how you present yourself and what clients you're looking for. Yeah. Bringing it all back to branding again with our, with, you know, with yeah. websites and logos and all that, you know? Yeah, and what kind of so, scared me was that uh, my clients' moms and grandmothers started following me. So therefore, <laughs> I just, I didn't want to post anything about myself because. Yeah those people are watching me as well. Yeah. yeah. So I'm always like, you know, we should really do cautious um, about this we should, stuff. once in a while I'll post something personal, like me and my wife, you know, if, if we go somewhere, yeah. um, just to show people that I am, we are real people, yeah. but that's like once every couple months, you know, I, I should open, we should all open separate Facebook accounts and just have them all locked down and just, you know, share them with just, just a few people. Oh no, sorry. Um, and share them with just a few people and basically just, um, you know, we can swear in there, you know, we can put <laughs> selfies in there, we can do whatever we want, you know, we can, we, we, we can get political, you sure. know what I mean, you know, we can get super political. Oh, gosh, that's yeah. one thing I will but, never, I'll never do on social media, politics <laughs> and religion, you know, that those are, I think there are two things I just won't do. Um, I, I've seen photographers just lose followers yeah. because of, but also they, Again, you have to do what makes you happy. Right. So if your yeah. brand is contrasty, fine. True. If your brand is political, fine, but own it. You yeah. know, yeah. because yeah. people, so a perfect example, um, Community Beer Works here in Buffalo recently has done a few fundraisers for uh, refugees and for Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were not happy about that. Like, just make beer and, like, <laughs> stick yes. to that. Yeah. Stay, and other people were like, oh, no, now I'm going to get all of my friends together and we're going to go to Community Beer Works because I support this cause. So it can go, go either, either way. way. Yeah. 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 Well, you know who I think of was, is Neil Van Niekerk, you know, because, like, because oh, uh, Neil Van Niekerk, his yeah, style. Well, he owns yeah. that. He owns that, that, it, exactly. Like but he's, he's known as this 
well, I mean, he knows it. He, yeah. He's known as this like grumpy guy who's yeah. who just puts it out there, says says what is what's on his mind, but he does it in a very funny way, though. Yes, it's it's. I love reading his. Yeah, comments me too. Just because you have to be likable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's yeah. likable in like an old curmudgeon kind of way, <laughs> right. where he's just like you know like mess, you know like he just puts himself out there, but yeah. he's known as that, and he has that. That's his consistent branding almost yeah. Yeah. with his style because he's literally just known for that as part <laughs> of his thing. You yeah. know, yeah. so so you. Can can break some of these rules that we're talking about as long as well i guess no that isn't breaking a rule because it's, it's a consistent you, you make know, your own thing. rules yeah 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 that's true mm-hmm. um oh there was something else that i wanted to just ask yeah, there was another thing i wanted to ask oh, there's like two little thoughts in there and i kind of like wrote them down or i was going to write them down and i didn't and they're gone now damn <laughs> oh well um, should we just get back into some questions? But before we do, uh, listeners, we have an assortment of hand-picked information that's relevant to you. But first, just in case you lost your place in space and time, this is Wedding Photographers Unite, a bi-weekly wedding <laughs> photography podcast for wedding photographers. By wedding photographers. Thank yes. you, Neil. Uh, the show goes live every other week, 8.5 to 9 times out of 10. And while we're at it, please do leave us a review in iTunes and subscribe in iTunes. Yes, please. Leave mm-hmm. stars in iTunes. Let people know that you get something out of Wedding Photographers Unite. Yes. And, um, and if you want to, leaving stars is good. Lots of stars. And if you leave lots of stars with words, that's even better. And if you, have a, and if you listen to the show, and you hear me say this every week, every other week sometimes, <laughs> um, uh, you know, that would be helpful. You should go and do that. Just go to iTunes, open it up, and leave some stars. Uh, help us help you by sending in questions to info at weddingphotographersunite.com. Or you can go to Facebook dot com http no okay you can go to facebook and you can search wedding photographers unite mm-hmm. and there's a facebook group there and then you can uh join that and you can send in questions in there uh just like uh these people did uh so we're going to continue on with some questions that we had from i like how we just did the intro like middle show <laughs> yeah 25 minutes into it no neil i don't know where you've been but i always do that <laughs> a little bit in, a little bit in where you been where you been that happens okay anyway um <laughs> Uh, where did we leave off? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, okay, so Joe asked um, also about uh, pricing out destination weddings and logistics. Yeah. Uh, do you fly a shooter with you or hire someone local? This is actually a question that I'm going to debate because I have one in uh, Connecticut this year, and I don't know if I'm going to try and bring somebody or try and find somebody in Connecticut. It's always a pain in the ass for this kind of stuff. But yeah. who wants to take this first? What do you, what do you guys do? Destination. Well, well it's, it's, it's easy yeah, for me because my wife, she yeah. always comes with me. Um, right. But, I mean, I would love, I would actually love to um, bring on someone from that location just because they know some ins and outs of the area that I yeah. don't know of. Yeah. Especially if I, if I fly in just, like, the day before the wedding, which I try and get there two days before. Yeah. But let's just say if, if the clients decide on the day before, then I really don't have a chance to uh, check out the area. So they might actually know some uh, some pretty cool things. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, and it is good from a networking standpoint too mm-hmm. um, to you know network with other people. As long as we're, you have to really vet people though. If we're going to hire somebody local from the area, like you have to super vet people because you cannot screw up somebody's wedding when they're bringing you into their area, um, uh, you know, and, and have some half-rate second shooter, you know. But there there are ways to do that, you know. Just I mean, we know we do what we do, so it's easier for us to vet somebody because we can look at somebody's website and mm-hmm. see where they're at and all that. Um, but we, I think you have to super vet them. But it's kind of, it's, I think it is a balance, though, because if you bring somebody that you know, um, then you have a, con- a, a way to work with them in a way that can, that, that can benefit you know, the wedding and, and how you work. But 
Uh, I don't necessarily think that I use my seconds in a way that, that it always, is, you know, sometimes I do, you know, it depends on the wedding, you know, but if you're splitting it up in the morning, it doesn't really matter how well I work with somebody, you know, if they're going to be somewhere else with the guys, for example, in the morning anyway. Um, uh, but just, it's, you really have to vet people before you do. I think that's, that's the thing. And I, cause I think that's what I'm going to end up doing for, uh, uh, for this wedding. Uh, when I have, uh, it's not until the fall of this coming year. So are you driving there? Um, or? I am going to drive there okay. just because... Uh, so it would be easy to bring someone from here then? Yeah, it would know? be, as long as they're up for it. But then the thing is, is like when I do that for the destination wedding, the only thing I actually charge extra for is just travel and a hotel. Yeah. And I, I often forget when I do that to like think about, oh, what am I going to do with the second? Am I going to charge more for the second? But So it's harder to say, hey, so-and-so from Buffalo that usually shoots with me, mm-hmm. will you get in my car with me, drive all the way to Connecticut, spend two days there, and can I still give you the same amount of money that I usually <laughs> give you here in yeah, Buffalo? Yeah. And, and you can't really do that. you know. So, mm-hmm. But you can do that with somebody that's already in Connecticut that you're building a relationship, you know what I mean, that, that you want to network with and you know, can, can kind of be beneficial for everybody you know mm-hmm. so what about you do you you usually have a second but what about you like so, if you come into that yeah the destination weddings that i've photographed have been very small mm. so um there hasn't been necessarily a need for a second shooter mm-hmm. um so in in all of those cases i've shot solo okay um i okay. do typically shoot with a second here mm-hmm. um just big weddings versus tiny weddings mm-hmm. and sometimes that second shooter is like almost uh, I don't want to say they're in the way, but when there's only 15 people at the wedding and there's two cameras, like it's a little overkill sometimes, I think. But yeah, um, yeah, I think. But it, let's assume that this is a situation where you would want a second shooter. It is a big wedding. Um, again, this goes back to how important networking is when you go to these conferences or um, the Facebook groups that you're involved in. All of that is so important because then you do just instantly have a network of people. So. Yeah. You know, um, I, I was just thinking when you said Connecticut, like I know a bunch of photographers from Connecticut from Inspire Photo Retreats. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'll just yeah. I'll email one of them for you. Yeah, and they'll, exactly. they'll tell me yep. who to tell you to hire. Exactly. <laughs> and it'll yeah. be as easy as that. Yeah, but. that's that's mm-hmm. the thing. Being well networked totally helps. And Absolutely. it's even you could post in our local group. You could yeah. say, hey, who knows people in Connecticut? Like mm-hmm. we did it. And yeah, you probably have a few. Oh, yeah. There's a few people that I know that would respond immediately. <laughs> <laughs> people but you know so so yeah okay cool so, so i mean you mentioned pricing uh, that you hire or uh, that you charge extra for travel and hotel room yeah um i just want to put this out there don't forget about parking because yeah. um we we photographed a wedding in baltimore and part i don't know if you guys have been to baltimore but baltimore is insane with city parking mm. we paid we didn't include it this is where we learned our lesson it was 45 dollars a day yeah, we were there for three days. Do the math. Yeah, that's that's quite a bit of money out yeah. of your profits. Yep. So don't forget about parking. So check. Uh, so yeah. if you if you are going to like a bigger city, uh, be sure to check out parking. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else with pricing, you guys? Is it just a flat rate, or do you guys? Because kind of what we do, we do, you know we we do of course you know want to want to charge extra for hotel room and all mm-hmm. that stuff that's got to be covered, mm-hmm. uh, but we we try and um, we try and do add-ons of if they want like rehearsal coverage, like rehearsal dinner coverage, mm-hmm. because those are these these events are like two or three days long, uh, so you kind of so we always charge just to get get us going is uh, day coverage. And then for add-ons, we do day before coverage, mm-hmm. um, after shoot. Like if you if they really want 
want to take advantage of the whole area we charge you know throw out an offer of uh doing like a day after shoot too i don't know if you guys yeah. you know ever ever do anything like that yeah i should or do you just lump something <laughs> when i hear you talking i'm like so, uh, i should probably do that you know so, yeah uh, for me it depends on the destination and mm-hmm. i know that might uh, sound unfair but if somebody's if, if this location is just amazing mm. and maybe they don't have budget for me to be there for five days, but I want to be there for five days because I love these people and I love the location <laughs> mm. or whatever, I'm going to be a little bit more flexible on that sort of stuff mm. um, as opposed to maybe it's some city I don't care about and like just doesn't seem um, like maybe the couple fits the brand and all of that stuff, then I might be a little more uptight about charging for all of those little things Mm -hmm. and also depends on the time of year so if the wedding is in the middle of february i'd probably again be a little bit more lenient about all of that because if i'm getting a vacation in the middle of february out of this (laughs) wedding then it's a little different than a saturday in july so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't have a system is the answer okay uh we're gonna go on to the uh next question uh uh off-camera flash versus natural light versus LED. I don't know exactly. This is coming um, from Andrew, Mr. Uh, yeah. Man, he's he's got some killer work out there, too. Yeah, I would say that... I, think, I, I know I, think, he, I know I know Andrew likes the off-camera flash. Right. But, uh, but yeah, what... Um, I almost want to say, like, like the natural light thing, let's maybe put that aside. And let's just talk about flash versus LED and when we should use sure. what. Yep. And why would we use what for flash versus LED. Mm-hmm. I think the natural light thing is, is, like, sure, I would always prefer to shoot natural light when the light is awesome. Yeah. If the light's <laughs> awesome, I'm just going to use natural light. But mm-hmm. when it's not, so, so then I want to just throw that part of, the, part of the question out. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if, the, if the light is incredible and there's a patch of light spilling onto somebody's face in this way that's, like, unbelievable, I'm just going to use that because that looks beautiful. <laughs> but, but if there's not, then we get into why we would use, you know, off-camera flash or, uh, net or LED. So who wants to start with that? Flash versus LED, why, when? Well, flash is just more power. Mm-hmm. Um, Usually at nighttime or inside of a building, I go for LEDs, um, but because I really don't need a lot of power at nighttime. Uh, but during the daytime, uh, I go for off-camera flash, or if you know if I need a, a big light burst or need a lot of backlight, then yeah, I go with flash at nighttime or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But usually I, uh, during the daytime, I go for all uh, all off-camera flash, even even in natural light. Uh, but that's just my style, I guess. It just bases off your style too mm-hmm. you know um yeah i shoot in natural light but i also add flash to it too mm-hmm. uh but during the during natural light i really you really leds aren't really powerful enough unless you have it right next to the person's face um so so yeah for me it's uh i guess if i'm shooting a portrait outside at night i might use the led because i can see the direction of the light mm-hmm. i can shape the light around the subjects um, but having a consistent source of light that's always on, I think, can often be very distracting for, let's say, a first dance. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Where if you've got this big, bright light on the couple, it's just kind of obnoxious. And for me, as a photojournalism-oriented photographer, I want people to be very unaware of the cameras. And I think the second that people know, oh, lights and cameras are all on me, it changes the way they act mm-hmm. around each other. And to get, really get those connections, it's better 
to be a little bit more under the radar. So mm-hmm. uh, for me, the flash is better. I mean, it's still a bright burst of light, but at yeah, least it's yeah. not like a spotlight. So now when you have those videographers in there with those huge yeah. LED lights, mm-hmm. not you, a ju- fan. do you just no. walk by and be like, that's not mine. That's not mine. Yeah, <laughs> and it's so annoying. No, too. I'll ask them to I've turn them off. Some, I will. Some yeah. annoying situations yeah. with that. Um, and if they really need yeah, them, yeah. they really need them. Yeah, and yeah. I understand and, yeah, sure, that totally, sure. yep, but yep. I will go up and I will ask and I'll just say, hey, is there a way for you to shoot this, you know, with the ambient light in the room? Maybe we can turn up the chandeliers a little bit. Would that help you? You know, I want, we all want to help each other Mm -hmm. have the best product because it makes all of us look better that way. Um, But with that said, you know, if they're parked with their tripod, like in the exact direction that I want to shoot with this bright light, like Mm -hmm. that's not going to work. Any tips? I'll ask. Yeah. Any tips for our listeners of how how you approach a videographer in that situation? You know what? I would, I would actually suggest, so let's say it's a a big ballroom and they're shooting with their big bright light towards the DJ. I might just say like, Hey, I think there's a great angle on this side facing into the ballroom. You you should check this out. And Mm. then hopefully they'll just move over there (laughs) where I know I'm not going to (laughs) shoot. I mean, there's all sorts of little tricks that we have to, Uh um, you know, because they're just trying to do their job. And sometimes I think they're just not paying attention. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, uh, so flash versus LED for me, uh, I echo everything that you guys said. For, I have t- I've switched. Uh, I've just noticed something just personally that I've switched on my evening shots from using off-camera flash to using an LED almost pretty much exclusively unless, there's some, unless I really want some drama or some pop or something like that. Because uh, very often when you're shooting off-camera flash, especially when you're doing night shots, that flash is, like, way too bright for, like, what you're trying to do. If, if you're putting it on their face in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're, like, at, the, at 1 over 128 and you, like, put, put your little uh, pla- piece of plastic down. I don't know if you guys know what that's for, that little piece of plastic <laughs> yeah. that comes out of your flash. I'm not mm-hmm. talking to you guys. I'm talking to our listeners. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I know you guys know what that thing's for. he's looking at us. Yeah. But when you take that little piece of plastic that's on there for a reason, it's to make it go dim, even uh, even more dim. I'll just say it as simple as possible uh, than you would otherwise be able to. Uh, so, but even when you do that, and then also here's another weird little tip, and I've mentioned this I think before, uh, and I, this still blows my mind. But you can shoot uh, at a lower level if you're shooting TTL. Um, when you go to the lowest uh, output that TTL is possible, um, will be uh, less bright than the lowest you can shoot on manual. I'm going to repeat that again because it's so crazy. I've mentioned this before. When you shoot at the lowest level that you can TTL, like if you, if you go like underexposed like by three stops or whatever, um, that will, sh- that will pr- produce less light than shooting at 1 over 128 or the lowest your flash is capable of um, at, on manual. And and I, this blew me away. I didn't understand why, but one, it's, it has something to do with, like, the pre-flashes go, and that, like, takes some juice out of it or something like that. And it just, for whatever reason, this was at least true in the Canon world, and I think this holds true for Nikon as well. Um, it just, uh, those, it will shoot less, less powerful um, than, than, like, 1 over 128 will on manual for whatever that's worth. But the point is, is that uh, that's always a problem for me doing night shots is like, I have too much light and I want to suck in more ambient light. Mm-hmm. So do you use modifiers when you're shooting with flash at night? Like a yeah. softbox? Yeah. Something? Even with a softbox to help that, you know, I try and, you know, even if you put as much, which usually I just have a softbox. That's usually my go-to thing. Or mm-hmm. even if I do all that stuff that I talked about and use the softbox, it still can be a little bit too bright for me. If, if I want to suck in more ambient, because like say if I want to shoot at like 3,200 to have all that beautiful light, but still put flash on their faces, that flash ends up being too bright. So I ended up 
moving mostly to, to doing LED stuff with night. Yeah. At night. I purchased a, a very narrow softbox for that exact reason mm. so that I can pull the light further away from the subject mm. and still have it be a narrow beam of light. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, I always want to have as much of the natural light as possible, but still have the subject stand out. So, um, for me, that's huge. Like I'm mm-hmm. always shooting at 3,200 because I want all the ambient light yeah. at nighttime. Um, so that they can really remember the feel of the space that they were in, right. but you mm-hmm. still need that pop of light on their face. So yeah, I use a narrow soft box, like an octo, box and yeah. that could be like move tip it back of the day. i'm sorry what was it that could be tip of the show yeah well move, there you go move the light yeah. back yeah. <laughs> yeah move the light back by modifiers but be aware that what happens everybody when you move the light back what happens to shadows a little bit more harsh that's right it gets more harsh so you pull lights away everybody hear that listeners <laughs> hear that new people you pull the light away shadows become more harsh bring the light in closer they become softer. Soft. So, but, so it's always a trade-off. We're always trading. We're making trades when we take photos. <laughs> Compromises. Okay. Um, so Megan says, have, any, have either of you guys done a styled shoot? What was your biggest challenge? Uh, actually, we're going to do this question and then maybe one more just in terms of time. Okay? Uh, and it'll be nice to save a couple more for the next, next episode. Okay? So, uh, so but Megan's asking, have, have we done styled shoots before? And what were our biggest challenges with doing styled shoots? Anybody want to take this? Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I kind of want to do a style shoot. I've never done one, but I want to just because I, I feel that I'd love to actually work with a bride and groom without this pressure of time and all, the, all those stresses. Yeah. And then I can actually try stuff and yep. test stuff. Um, but no, I, I can honestly, and, and I'm, I'm also kind of um, proud to say that all of all of my people on my website are actual clients yep. that were yep. shot on a wedding day. Mm-hmm. And even even if I, I don't know, even if I did a style shoot, I don't know if I would even put those pictures on my website to show off. You yeah. know, inside of a wedding, I would probably put it in a separate folder. Um, but other than that, no, I, I would love to do one and, um, I'm with Megan. I'd love to know the biggest challenges of what they are because I'm, I'm very interested in doing one myself. Yeah. So what about you guys? Any thoughts? Uh, I think that it can be super valuable for somebody who's just starting out yes. to, um, like you said, get to experiment and, and not have the time constraints also to be able to select, um, the clothing and the location and all of those elements that will help showcase your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I've never done one either, uh, but I, I do see the value in it, and also an opportunity to work with vendors and yeah, network with other vendors. That. Yeah, it's yeah. more of a rela- relaxes to where everybody can get creative. Yeah, and you know, it's a benefit be a to everyone involved. Mm-hmm. You know, the models yeah. get some some work for themselves. The florists get some portfolio stuff. The dress designer all of that yeah. um for me my again my style is more about telling stories and there isn't much of a, a story with a styled shoot so um mm-hmm. at least not a real one yeah. Um, yeah so it just doesn't necessarily work for me but i yeah. think it's a great great thing for people to try mm-hmm. out yep i think especially when you're first getting started which i mean i didn't do wedding styled shoots but i've done you know i've worked with models and hairstylists and all that kind of stuff when i was first starting but now it's like i don't have I think you, we get busy enough that it's like, I know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, it, I'm, I don't know. I, I just don't, uh, you get point, you get to the point where you're busy enough that, that you're so busy that I don't take on anything 
like that because I don't. I mean, do you get do you get paid for stuff for that kind of stuff? I, no, it's you know, more it's like, of a trade of yeah of yeah. vendors. Yeah, it's about um, padding your portfolio with yeah. work that you know is just going to be perfect because it's styled. Yeah, and that, and that's that's where that's where I have an issue with it because it's it's almost it's almost lying. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it's not real. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, it's and not, not it's real. Not weddings around look wedding. like this. Yeah, you're yeah. actually hiring models. Um, is to where you know it's you really don't have to pose too much with models because they they're professionals they know how to do it yeah and with, and with venues when they're showing off these images um, it's that's it's that stuff just doesn't look like that on a real wedding so it's actually lying to their client, possible clients too yeah so I don't know I've I've I have some issues with it yeah um, but I'd still want to do one <laughs> yeah it's a good opportunity though to perhaps uh, market your day after sessions. Like, if you want something that looks really perfect, yeah, let's yeah. take a day and make that happen. Right, right. That's true. Yeah, I like that, too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, we have uh, one more question. Uh, and then, actually, one piece of news, too, in just a second. But uh, what, this is the, the most important question that we've received in, in here. <laughs> and Luke asks, he really wants to know if I've played super hot VR yet, virtual reality. Super and, hot. And the answer to that, when, I, when he first asked, was like, no, I didn't play. But then since he asked, I was like, oh, I should check out Super Hot VR. And I did. And it's amazing. Wow. <laughs> you're, like, you're like these people trying to come at you. And, you, and the only time that like, the people trying to kill you come at you is when you move yourself. So, mm. like, so like, unless you move, that's how fast time goes is how fast you're moving. Yes. So wait, for me, someone who has no clue what you're talking about yeah, right now. I know, I know, I know. Is this a computer game? So this is, you put, you put a headset on your face, and then wow, okay. you're in, you know how you put headphones on your ears? Yes. And then you can, um, if you close your eyes, you think you're at the symphony? Yes. This is, you put headphones on your face, okay? and then you think that you're somewhere else other than where you really are, okay. because your brain is telling you, oh, I'm not in this room anymore. I'm somewhere else. So you own this contraption. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you, now, do you have you a do. controller? I mean, probably a stupid question. Oh, yeah. But okay. so, so now, so this is all, their hand controllers, so that... You can walk around in 3D space, and the and you are in a different room, and you can walk in the separate room, and the controllers are tracked one to one. So I can actually draw in 3D space with these controllers, and you open up your hands, your hands open in virtual reality, close your hands, they close in virtual reality. You can I can draw in a 3D space, just like as as it's unbelievable. But this game, super hot, that Luke is talking about, <laughs> you uh, you end up like picking up these guns and these and these bottles and like dudes are trying to come at you and kill you but you have to strategically think about every time i move my hands time moves when you move so you have to be super careful when you move because that means they're going to run towards you when you do and then like some dude will come and you have to think oh this guy's going to come up to me maybe i'll punch him <laughs> and then you punch this one dude and then the, and then you grab the other guy's gun right and then you're like oh i can grab his gun from him and then Pop, pop, you know? <laughs> I wish you could all see oh, the slow motion fight that Andy is currently having. <laughs> Luke, it's amazing, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Luke knows what I'm talking about. Luke knows. And by the way, you all will know, too, because I made the prediction about VR years ago. Yeah, on this podcast, yeah. On this podcast, I made the prediction that augmented reality and all this stuff, it's going to be so common, you can't even believe how crazy it's going to get. But, but it's... 
I mean, I won't go down that route right now because I just kind of did. But I can go a lot <laughs> further. You know, listeners know. But Luke, it was amazing, brother. Thank you, man. Um, and the only other thing that we wanted to mention on this episode is just uh, for the price point on the Sigma lenses. And I think we're going to talk more about this next episode because hopefully I'll have this lens by then. Um, but the Sigma 135 uh, that we were very excited about last episode uh, did uh, have a price point released for 1400 uh, And you can get it through B&H, Adorama. Um, at least that was what was available uh, uh, the other day. Uh, so I did pre-order mine, and I'm super excited about this lens, as listeners on this podcast know. And I can't wait uh, to to get it. Oh, the, yeah, and there's actually – thank you. Neil's, um, Neil's Neil giving me cues. He's like, oh, there's one more thing we're going to talk about, and so we'll talk about that. Um, but the but the lens is uh, $1,400, which I think is like – it's yeah. a little bit more than was like, it Was it more than what you were expecting? I thought it was cheap. So no, I thought, I thought it was going to be around the eighteen hundred dollar range. For I'm me, that's what I was expecting. Yeah, it's about what I was expecting because the only thing is, is it's an easier pill for Nikon shooters to swallow than Canon shooters to swallow, mm-hmm. because the Canon one thirty five two O, which is an amazingly excellent lens, is about a, you can pick that up for like a used copy that's in good condition for about nine hundred bucks. Okay. Um, you know, thousand dollars new or something like that. Uh, so this this Sigma is actually a little bit more expensive, but couple things about it it's a 1.8 as opposed to a 2.0 and the the you know the, all the art series glass is like off the charts in terms of quality so you're definitely going to have like that extra little bit of light but it is heavier in, though and it's going to be heavier yeah. and it's going to be heavier it's almost a full pound heavier I yep think. Yeah. probably something like that so um i i'll be getting this lens as soon as it chips and i'll you know i'll I'll fill in our listeners what I think of it uh, as soon as I can. Uh, but the other the other lenses, the 14 1.8 and the 24 to 72.8 have not been released in, even in terms of price yet for pre-order. So I just wanted to give an update on that. And then the thing that Neil uh, mentioned to me that we just wanted to talk a little bit about to close out the episode is, uh, Lindsay, you want to inspire photo retreat yes. which i know like almost nothing about yeah. other than it's like yeah, a cool place to go with like cool people yeah <laughs> and you learn about photography yeah, yeah. What, you, what's, what about what's, what's what about? tell us about yeah. inspire um so uh, you hit the nail on the head with cool people so inspire is all about community and uh, so it's a, a photo retreat not a conference there are vendors there um this year they actually had canon and icon for the first time in the past it's just been a very small select group of mm-hmm. you know one album company one lens cleaning company you know very very small um so the conference started uh, a bunch of years ago wait just, a second you said it wasn't a conference it, and then you just said <laughs> that it was wait the a unconference second. <laughs> um it's uh yeah so anyway <laughs> i think that that might cue you in a little bit about what it is too that might cue you in a little bit too okay but anyway, well and also i think people hear retreat and they get confused yeah. so yeah uh, <laughs> At any rate, uh, they have great workshops, um, great speakers, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's all about the people you meet there. So uh, I did a workshop with um, the Fearless Photographers founder, Mm -hmm. Um, We. Wait a second. Is Fearless Photographers the same as Inspire or different? No, No, totally different. Um, But he did a workshop there and he opened up by basically, he's kind of a shy guy, hilarious, but shy and he's like wow you guys are social (laughs) um so it's very community driven um you know they have a big dinner opening night and you draw a number out of the hat to see what table you sit at so it's all about meeting new people and forming these relationships Mm -hmm. um and it's also a lot about 
uh, it's as much about the why as much as the how. So mm. there is some technical photography stuff. You know, you can take an off-camera light workshop, um, but it's also a lot about your um, your business and also about your purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really nice balance of all of those things. Uh, so each year when I go, I have sort of uh, an objective. So you know, one year it might be. I need some inspiration for my work or it might be branding or uh, so this year I'm working on uh, doing a talk myself about storytelling and photography um, sort of about my photojournalism work and how it relates to the wedding work that sort of thing Uh, so I did target a couple workshops that were about photojournalism Mm -hmm. and storytelling and then also about the business side of things so I know you guys have been talking a lot lately about in-person sales and Mm -hmm. all of that so I recently moved into a new studio space that is a storefront and I'm shooting a lot less weddings than I used to so I'm trying to focus more on this finished product so selling prints and albums is important to me um there was a great analogy that one of the speakers made about uh, about beef, and <laughs> bear with me my friend Rebecca I guess she did a, a presentation about in person sales and she said that giving people digital files is like going to a, a really nice steakhouse and just getting the beef and taking it home and cooking it yourself like you 're only giving them the ingredients mm-hmm. to make something beautiful and like we got to mm. take them the rest of the way. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. So I learned a lot about uh, sales in um, the unselling kind of way. Cause as photographers, I think we all struggled with that like creepy sales kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've, always believed that when you really believe in a product you're not selling you're just explaining something to people and the product will sell itself when you really Mm -hmm. believe in it so Mm -hmm. some of it was just reaffirming all of that stuff Mm -hmm. and and then a bunch of new little tricks too but Mm -hmm. yeah and great friendships that's what it's really all about at the end of the day so um, over the years I've been going I think this is my fourth or fifth year and um, the relationships I have there, the people that I text message with every single day, you know, we go and we visit each other's cities. Actually, after Inspire, uh, took a little road trip and visited a couple of those people and saw their studios and their oh, workspaces. Nice. Yeah. And it was really cool just to check out studios in other markets because, I mean, I've been to your studios, mm-hmm. but, you know, not many, really. Like, yeah. I don't know what other people have and, you know, how they show their work and all of that. So it was really right. interesting. Yeah. Good, good. Now, did it have a different vibe this year since there were bigger corporations there? Or did they just kind of keep it low key still, um, just to match the yeah? They're they're doing brand. their best to to keep it. They've mm-hmm. um, you know maxed out the number of people. I think it's two two hundred something people, but it started as like twenty. Okay. So it has changed a bit over the years. Mm-hmm. But they needed to make a profit at some yeah. point. So you know they did need to grow and expand a little bit. But it's they've done a great job of. Uh, keeping like having so many small group activities so they do a supper club for example where you just walk up to a bulletin board you see a restaurant and you see who's signed up to eat at that restaurant and you just go out with five or six people Mm -hmm. um, and you can look and say like I really want to network with this person they seem fascinating I want to meet them now I can have dinner with them Hmm. that's actually kind of cool yeah yeah Yeah. especially for new it's sometimes at conferences it's hard uh, so like meet up with people or like to get into a different group. So that makes a lot of sense. It's yeah. Like that idea. Mm-hmm. So they mainly have the people that are speaking or doing mentorships or whatever at the conferences are generally the people that lead these supper clubs. So, mm. you know, you can just kind of pick your pleasure. 
Cool. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, if people are interested in that, they just Google Inspire Photo Retreat? Yeah, and that then should it'll do pop it. Up. Is okay. it once, once per year or is it... Uh... Yeah, once a yeah. year, usually uh, the end of February they do it. Okay. Um, it's going to be in Newport, Rhode Island again next year. It's been there the last two years. It was in Portland, Maine before that, mm-hmm. um, Sturbridge, Massachusetts before that. Uh, I think this is the last year they're doing it in Rhode Island, but it's a, it's a great spot. They've got this cool hotel that's out on the water and oh, nice. right across from Newport. So, um, yeah, great spot. Cool. Excellent. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for episode 56 of One of Photographers Unite. Lindsay, thanks for coming back on. Yes, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, if people wanted to follow you, Lindsay, where would they go? What would they do? <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Daddario. That's probably the easiest. Google me. Okay. <laughs> and Neil, how about you? Neil Urban in the Google. Uh, N-E-A-L-U-R-B-A-N. And Andy Buscemi. Last name is B-U-S-C-E-M-I. Should I have spelled my name? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Daddario. D-E-D-A-R-I-O. She signed it to me at the end. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will catch you next time. Arrivederci. Ciao. Peace. <laughs>